garden. Steve finished up last week uh, about Jesus praying in the garden, and now Jesus is becoming um, the target of the Sanhedrin and will be arrested. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to John, uh, Mark chapter 14, and we're going to look at three different points of this passage <coughs> briefly, and hopefully it'll connect to our hearts and minds as well. Mark chapter 14, verses uh, 43 through uh, <coughs> 52. God, I thank you for this morning already. I thank you for the opportunity you give us now to open your word, to teach us in all wisdom and all truth, and that by your spirit we would understand the words that we're about to read, and not only understand it in our heart and mind, but be able to apply it through our hands and our feet. So God, give us insight this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Immediately while he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, came up accompanied by a crowd with swords and clubs who were from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. Now he who was betraying him had given them a signal saying, Whoever I kiss, he is the one. Seize him and lead him away under guard. After coming, Judas immediately went to him saying, Rabbi, and kissed him, and they laid hands on him and seized him. But one of those who stood by drew his sword and struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his ear. And Jesus said to them, Have you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me as you would against a robber? Every day I was with you in the, in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me. But this has taken place to fulfill the scriptures. And they all left him and fled. A young man was following him, wearing nothing but a linen sheet over his naked body. And they seized him, but he pulled away free from the sheet. And he escaped naked. One of the themes in Mark chapter 14 especially has been, who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus? And the first section we look at is we look at the betrayal of Judas. Has anybody ever been betrayed? The harder question to answer is, have you ever betrayed anybody? Betrayal is simply this, a violation of a person's trust or confidence. Judas, of course, we heard from John's chapter, whenever he, the lady had uh, poured ointment, expensive perfume all over Jesus, Judas' first thing is, why are you wasting this perfume? Could not we have sold this for money? And he wasn't saying it because he wanted to care for the poor. Judas was out for himself. He wanted to skim off the top. And here's the principle we learned from Judas pretty quickly, that being motivated by personal gain will always lead to a betrayal of Jesus. One author noted this, the contrast is clear. It's not possible to be all about yourself and be a follower of Jesus at the same time. What's interesting about Judas is that Judas, of course, we know that he betrays Jesus with this infamous kiss. And what's interesting about it is that Jesus had been teaching and speaking. He even alludes to it and says, you've seen me around. Why does Judas even have to signify who Jesus is? And particularly, why this kiss? Now, in the Greek, this isn't just a peck on the cheek. It's a lavish kiss. It's a, a, a kiss of affection and endearment, of love. And Judas kisses Jesus, and it's commonly known now, as we know, the kiss of death. That's where we get the phrase. And it's so incompatible with what a kiss is supposed to do. It's almost as if Jesus, Judas was stabbing Jesus in the back. But what we really see in this moment are two kingdoms coming together at one time. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of the world, or the kingdom of Satan. 
Remember Jesus in Mark chapter 4, verse 41, he says, I came to fulfill my Father's kingdom. This is being contrasted, of course. Now, what's interesting, too, about this passage is that at any moment, at any moment, Jesus could have said, that's it. Let's send these angels, and let's just take care of everybody. But he doesn't. He stays in control because even as the armed guards come with clubs and swords, Jesus says, that's not my kingdom. That's not how I win people. I win people with grace. And one of the things that's connected me with Darius and his story is this. The government, the world, uh, the Iranian people can put up all kinds of walls. Uh, they can do anything they can to try to prevent the gospel message. But God's not going to be stopped. In fact, if you listen to Darius and Hudis' story, a number of people, Darius has heard thousands of stories of people coming to Christ by Christ visiting them in dreams. And in America, we think dreams, Jesus visiting dreams, that's unheard of. Is that really real? It's real. That they're coming to Christ through dreams. God will not be stopped. Clubs and swords were not going to stop Jesus from going to the cross, for fulfilling God's purpose, for building God's kingdom. And most people think, well, he just surrenders to the Roman guards, and he surrenders to the Sanhedrin, he goes to be crucified. Jesus didn't surrender to them, he was surrendered to his Father. Even in the moment of betrayal, Matthew 26, 50 says, Jesus says to Judas, friend. Now, I don't know about you, I don't know if I'd have called Judas a friend. But even in the moment of of betrayal, Jesus offers Judas one more chance. Friend, if you have to do this, go ahead and do it. There's a second betrayal that happens, and that's the betrayal of the Sanhedrin. Verse 53 says, They led Jesus away to the high priest, and all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes gathered together. Peter followed him at a distance right into the courtyard of the high priest. He was sitting with the officers, warning, warming himself at the fire. We looked at that a couple weeks ago. Now the chief priests and the whole council kept trying to obtain testimony against Jesus to put him to death, and they were not finding any. So, for many were giving false testimonies against him, but their testimony was not consistent. Some stood up and began to give false testimony against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with hands, and in three days I will build another made without hands. And not even in this respect was their testimony consistent. This was a witch hunt. They were trying to get Jesus. They were trying to trap Jesus. There's all kinds of broken laws and wrongdoings. It was held at night. Trials weren't to be held at night. It, was, it didn't happen in a public meeting. It was happening in a private home. It's the only time the Jewish trial was done at night. It was held on the Sabbath. It wasn't supposed to be held on the Sabbath. False testimony. Surely false testimonies cannot be part of a trial. They knew this. Deuteronomy 19, 16 said if a false trial, false testimony was come up, they should be put to death. The Sanhedrin are betraying their own laws and the laws of God, which they are supposed to uphold. Why would they do that? Because Jesus was a threat to their personal power and their personal pursuits. And so they had to stop him. Betrayal will be overcome by God's sovereignty and his identity. Listen to the last part of Jesus, what he says in the midst of all this. Verse 60. The high priest stood up and came forward and questioned Jesus, saying, Do you not answer? 
What is it that these men are testifying against you? But he kept silent, did not answer. And again, the high priest was questioning him and saying to him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed One? And he said to him, I am. And you shall see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven, tearing his clothes. The high priest said, What further need do we have of witnesses? You have heard the blasphemy. How does it seem to you? And they all condemned him, deserving him to death. Some began to spit on him and to blindfold him and to beat him with their fists and say to him, prophesy. And the officers received him with slaps in the face. The only one in the story that didn't betray God was Jesus. Jesus didn't have to say a word to defend himself. His words of grace were fulfilling enough. And so the question we ask ourselves this morning in closing is this. What about you and me? In Iran, when they fill out a form in Iran, in country, when a believer goes to the bank, when a believer goes to the university, when a believer goes to do anything with a form, there's three questions that are always asked at the very beginning. Your first name, your second or last name, and your religion. And there's many opportunities for the Iranian people to leave it blank or to lie, to betray Jesus. Because they know that they don't put Muslim, their life is going to continue to be persecuted. I don't know about you, but even in the short time you've met Dariush, I hope and pray that you've been challenged in your belief about who you believe Jesus to be. Because the question comes out in this, are there areas of my life that I'm betraying Jesus? All the disciples abandoned Jesus. Judas gets picked on, but it says that all of them fled. Are there areas in my life, what is the invitation that Jesus is wanting me to hear from him this morning? Are there areas in my life like the Sanhedrin that I'm living in contradicting and contradiction to God's commands? Do I know that God's saying one thing, but I'm doing another for my own personal pursuits and power so I can have the life that I want? Are there areas? Will I embrace the identity of Christ? It was asked of Jesus, you are the Christ, the Son of the Blessed One, and Jesus said, I am. And like Dariush's testimony, many are being invited to join and if you're here this morning and you've never surrendered your heart to Christ, that's the invitation for you this morning. I want to close by praying for Dariush and Hodis and Bita, their daughter, for the persecuted church, but I also want to pray for us. Many times we'll have missionaries come or people from other places and we'll say, oh, the American people, we're just going to help them. But they have a story to tell to help us. And that's what I pray that we hear this morning. Let me pray for us. God, this morning we have been encouraged by stories, just a glimpse of what you're doing around the world, particularly with the Iranians that are fleeing their country to going all over different parts of Europe. Thank you for people like Dariush and Hodis who are meeting them, encouraging them, standing with them. Thank you for what their stories are teaching us. And God, this morning I pray 
as we look at the story of you in the garden being arrested and betrayed and headed to the cross, I pray that in our own lives that we would examine and hear the invitation from you to stand with you, to not stand against you. God, I pray that you would show us by your spirit areas where there's compromise of your word. That you would remind us of our true identity. That we've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. But it's Christ who lives in me. Help us, we pray, to not deny you or your word. But to live as you have created us to be. Alive with you. And we'll trust you with that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing one song together.